Joan, who answered to William. She returned his greeting with a mock bow of her own. My thanks, sir. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Now, mademoiselle, you have the advantage of me, he stated, his dark eyebrows lifting higher. With whom do I have the honor of sharing my humble accommodations? Hermione, she said flatly. He laughed outright. Hermione? I have to say that's not a name that fits a ragged street urchin with a tongue to shame a sailor. She grimaced. No, it isn't, is it? I'm usually just called Hero. Less of a mouthful, he agreed, thinking to himself that it was probably an appropriate enough name for a girl who ran around the streets of terror-ridden Paris, bandaging up mob victims. So, Hero, he continued, let us turn our attention to leaving our present accommodations. How are we to do that? She looked doubtfully over her shoulder at the barred gate behind her. She knew that the corridor beyond opened out into the prison's main courtyard, but little enough light reached through the bars of the cell. He glanced up at the tiny window, little more than a skylight, at the top of the high wall. A glimmer of sunlight showed. Judging by the sun's position, I'm guessing it's close to mid-afternoon. At four o'clock, they begin the cull for Madame Guillotine's evening meal. There is always a fracas, a lot of noise and confusion as they herd people into the tumbrils. We will take advantage of the rampage to slip away. Just make damn sure you don't get forced into a cart. There'll be no saving you then. Forgive me for being obtuse, but how the hell do we get out of this cell? That's where you come in. I can't do it alone, which is why I'm still here, he said with a sardonic smile. You will stand at the bars and create mayhem. Scream, rattle the bars, hurl every insult and provocation you can think of. The guard room is just at the end of the corridor. They'll hear you soon enough, and they will certainly react. If you provoke them sufficiently, they'll open the gate to drag you out, at which point I will step in. What if there's more than one of them? Hero asked, somewhat skeptically. It seemed to her she will be taking all the risk in this scenario. Oh, there will be, he stated firmly. But no more than two or three, and I can handle that number easily. With what? she exclaimed. I happened upon a lucky find in my explorations. He reached into the corner behind him and produced a heavy wooden stave. This was under the straw in the corner. Quite amazing how neglectful those illiterate ruffians are. They're drunk and senseless on wine and brandy, when they're not drunk on blood and power. His voice was laced with acid loathing. And if this is not enough, then... He bent down to reach into his boot, withdrawing a wickedly sharp blade. Hero took in the small arsenal. I have this. She reached up her sleeve and pulled out a very small knife. It's quite sharp, although I've never used it as a weapon, more as a useful tool, good for cutting bandages and things like that. He nodded. Indeed, 
but I'm sure you could inflict some modicum of damage if necessary. I dare say I could, she responded, with a degree of enthusiasm that in other circumstances would have made her companions smile. So what happens after they get here? You have to make them open the gate, he repeated. Leave the rest to me, and as soon as you see your way clear, run as if all the devils in hell are after you. The tumult around the tumbrils in the yard should be in full swing, and the gates will be standing open. Get through them and into the street, and then lose yourself in the crowd. Will you be behind me? Hero felt a sudden twitch of alarm that this oddly reassuring stranger might disappear. If I can. But don't think about me, think only about yourself. Get clear. And if you don't see me, make your way to Rue Saint-André-des-Arts, number seven.